Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hawkeye 30 Questions, a show where each week we ask 30 questions about the Disney Plus show Hawkeye. My name is Adam Porches, and I'm joined by Sweet Sean Kovacs from the internet. I love Hawkeye. And of course, Bruce Leslie. I too am quite fond of Hawkeye. Well, it seems that the internet itself is also very fond of Hawkeye, and as such, we have to go out to the internet and say, hey, we got 30 questions that we are going to ask, and uh, hopefully you guys are listening, and uh, hopefully you're also contributing uh, to those questions as well. And I wanted to clear something up because I screwed up the uh, email address last week, but for somehow all of you people still found it, to which I congratulate you <laughs> on beating job by all of you on beating the uh, the system here because I'm a ding dong. Uh, if you want to have your question uh, considered for the show, email us at uh, marvel30q at gmail.com. That's the correct one, not 30 questions. I even put it wrong in the show notes. So uh, 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 much apologies for me, And uh, but let's get into uh, this Season 1, Episode 4, entitled Partners, Am I Right? Uh, question number one comes to us from Justin. What was the uh, was the Ronin sword Clint put in his pocket when leaving the Bishop home? Because I couldn't quite get a good look at it. And if it is, are you disappointed that we didn't see whatever sick move Hawkeye pulled off to get the Ronin sword back? That's from Justin Strawn. What do you think, Sean? I think it is. I think that that is Ronan's sword. And I think he got it back just like some sleight of hand, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, like, I think, ultimately. Like pickpocket or, or shoplifting. It was kind of, it was on the floor, I think, just kind of leaning up against the wall. And Yeah, I, it was just leaning against the wall. So he just kind of like, just he did like a little weird pirouette or something, I guess. I mean, yeah, I think he said, was that a blimp outside the window and pointed? And when everybody looked out the window, he just yanked it and <laughs> eat it out of there. Because, oh hey, gosh, free blimp. <laughs> and well, your first question is going to be, is it the Goodyear blimp? I got to go check it out, you know, and if it's not the Goodyear blimp, what company was it? Because you're going to have to a- answer some questions later on when you're telling everybody that you saw a blimp. Because no, A, blimpy no one's going to believe you. It was the Blimpy Subs blimp, the I, last blimp. I wonder if the Blimpy Subs ever actually had like a blimp with their name on it. I feel like you got to at some point, yeah? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's, it's all just loose talk. <laughs> You're just a bunch of liars, aren't you? I think that's why I haven't been to a Blimpy since 1998. <laughs> what if they went the other direction and they actually had their own submarine? Oh, I like it. Question two. If your 22-year-old daughter came home with a 40-something male celebrity, would you immediately assume something creepy was going on? Bruce, yes. let's 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 and hand it yes. over to the expert. Sean, you've had this situation before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully, thankfully not with a 40-year-old celebrity. No. No, I was talking uh, the other way around. I was talking to you and your lady. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a joke I was making. <laughs> well, I didn't think about the other way. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not put that together. Uh my goodness, uh, there there were some side eyes for sure. Uh, <laughs> not twenty two, however. No, 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 no. I don't want to make it seem. But but in their twenties for sure. Oh Holy boy, crap. yeah, yeah. It's it's got to be weird. It is especially like yeah, the celebrity, the you know forty something year old man would be enough to kind of raise an eyebrow. The fact that it's a celebrity, like if somebody brought like Matt Damon home to your house, you'd be like, well, what's going on here? This doesn't seem this doesn't yeah, seem right. I mean, there's nothing creepier than a male celebrity. First off, like you just know it. They're too used to getting whatever they want. It's true. And it's like, what are the, if I am, uh, uh, what's her name? I can't remember Mrs. Bishop's first name, Eleanor. If I'm Eleanor Bishop and uh, Jack Duquesne, I'm definitely like, okay, this dude, we need to uh, keep him away from her. Yeah. The only thing worse would be if she brought a politician with her. (laughs) Yes. That's, that's, I think that's two X bad on that one. 
because it's bad as one. Uh, number three. Number three, this is from Big Dave Movies, the rocket that walks like a man. <laughs> Get out of here, Big Dave Movies. That's awesome. Jack Duquesne said, life is short. You never know what you're going to get. Do you have any favorite malaprop? I sometimes like to say goodbye with via con queso. Go with cheese. And that's from Big Dave Movies. Uh, so I don't, I don't so have what's the question things. exactly? I'm sorry. It's about malaprops. Like, do you use any malaprops in your everyday? <laughs> if there's bear Catholic, is the Pope crap in the woods? There you know you I do. Go. Of course you do. Uh, I, I think mine. I don't. I don't have a lot of these. I'm sure Bruce in his regular life has just tons of them. Uh, I always like the. Um, if at first you don't succeed, quit. Just. Yeah, I. I like to encourage have, people to quit. The two that I use all the time because I want to see people's reaction is, uh, oh, you know, six of one, baker's dozen of the other, just to <laughs> yeah. see what people say. And the other one is, well, when God closes a door, he opens the Bible. <laughs> I want to see what people do. And I always do it around people I don't know. Uh, it- like I'm in mixed company at a party or something. And, and every so often I'll get somebody and they'll be like, what did you just say? It's great. And this isn't exactly the same thing. It's mostly just an intentional uh, mispronunciation. But if somebody says, you know, something bad happened, I just like to say, Sesta la vie or Sesta la vie. That's good. Oh, my grandpa was. Hey, uh, Sarah, Sarah. He was very into that. You'd go to a Mexican restaurant and he would specifically mispronounce everything. And it's just like, Grandpa, this isn't funny. You've got to stop this. You're really making us all just look really bad stop that also one of these quizadillas all right you know that that's not what it is why are you <laughs> doing always, that specifically just to bother everybody but they was. always knew to cut me off at the bar when asked for the query or whatever <laughs> he's had too many oh big by the way uh before we go on to the next question here uh big dave movies uh this one's just for you john aaron is a steely-eyed missile man let's continue <laughs> Number four. Uh, this also comes from Dave. Dave was on a on a on a uh, on a streak this week. He's on a jag. The uh, rocket that walks like a man. <laughs> indeed, uh, he said. Jack said she's awfully composed around her idol. If I met Huey Lewis, I'd be a wreck. Who are your heroes? Have you ever met any? And how did you handle it? Well, guys, you may not know this, but I once met Jim Steranko. What? <laughs> we were he there. Pretty composed to me. It was frightening. It really seems, was. I wanted to get out of the situation as quickly as possible. Well, that I get. Which is which is really I was, I was there. Which is really strange <laughs> yes. because Jim Steranko is like a man who's about five foot even and 120 pounds soaking wet. So mm-hmm. uh, he's you know, but still very intimidating at the same time. It's odd. It's well, like it's, what if it, they shrunk? Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? It's the wig. <laughs> the is what makes him intimidating. The best part was when I thought he was going to punch uh, Chris Elvins, though. That that made it all because I, I was in no danger of getting punched, but was, it would have been hilarious if Chris had gotten punched. He's like a small, uh, silver-haired, uh, uh, what's his face there from? Uh, oh my gosh! Why is my? I can't help you here, man. No, I'm toast. I have Forget no it. idea where you're going with that one. Burt Reynolds. Jeez, Louise. Oh, yeah, why yeah, couldn't Reynolds. I think of Burt Reynolds? Holy smokes! All right, let's go to number five before I embarrass myself any further. Have you ever used a Sharpie on a dry erase board? Yes. It's the worst thing ever. I it sucks. All three of us guilty. The, as it char- sucks. And I even knew it was a Sharpie and I thought it would be fine. Oh, oh no. You were tired. 
And you know, and you don't do the smart thing like they say, which is just like test a little corner of it to see if it erases properly and everything. You just go whole hog in, going, "I don't care. Let's see what's going." Oh shoot, this is. Uh, I thought, I thought it was that the board, funny. not the marker, that was the magic. You know. Yeah, if you do, but if you you do a little magic eraser in there and you know scrub for about a month and a half, you might get it eventually. I'd rather just buy a new dry eraser. Exactly. What are they? Fifteen the, bucks? Yeah, seven bucks, man. Yeah, I think totally the magic good. is all around us, really. Yeah. Do you believe hard enough that you can erase this sharpie <laughs> off? Everyone of? clap and the sharpie will come <laughs> off the board. Do you believe? <laughs> <laughs> clap your hands, children. <laughs> that is how I'm predicting the last episode's finale will go down. It might. Listen, we're not far off. Somebody's going to come in and just be like, you better start clapping real fast to start fixing this damn picture. <laughs> Number six. Number six. Whenever someone is watching It's a Wonderful Life in a movie or a TV show, as they do in Hawkeye this week, the screen immediately cuts to George Bailey hugging and kissing his children or him running down the street saying, Merry Christmas, movie house. So people instantly know what movie the character is watching. If Hawkeye becomes a holiday classic, do you think we've seen any of the scenes so far in that same scenario? Well, I mean, obviously the 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 big chase was probably our the well mm-hmm. the chase and the and the uh, the old fake KB toys thing. Those were like the two I biggest think it needs set to be pieces at this point. But yeah, quicker I, though. Yeah, like but a couple seconds. My, my point also was that. If you need to, we really need to cement this as a Christmas thing. Now, it technically, if we go under the rules that I have set, and those are the official rules. Oh! Uh, indeed. Uh, in order to be considered Christmas, you have to be uh, involved with, Christmas has to be part of the story and intrinsic parts of the story that cannot, if you took it away, the story would not exist. This Like Gremlins. Sh- like Gremlins. Gremlins would not exist if he didn't have to go buy a present for his son. Yep, this true. This show does not work unless Clint has to be there and, and be away from his family on Christmas. Totally mm-hmm. makes sense. But, you do need that thing that, like, such as the uh, the end of uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." You need that Christmas moment, that last little thing there. If we can encapsulate that and get that world that you know share a coke kind of feeling, that's what'll get us over into making this that holiday thing. But you gotta you gotta tie that holiday thing in. You throw a little bit of Christmas, the dash of Jesus in there, maybe who knows? And then and you I, just that's how you get it. You gotta you gotta so, cement it in the Christmas, and it's not quite there yet. Uh, I'm going to make my argument, Sean. Yeah. If you have 24 to 48 frames to show so that somebody knows you're watching Die Hard at Christmas, what do they show? Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, That's correct. Ho. Oh, I'm just thinking because you don't, you can't fit that into to 48 frames probably. So I'm thinking you get just like a glimpse of uh, John McCain in the air duct. Well, John McCain in an air duct is something. Hey, he's like climbing <laughs> the cave. <laughs> that, that's what I watch every Christmas. 48-year-old John, John McCain. McCain in an air duct. <laughs> All right. I rest my case. What's the next question? <laughs> you remember when John McCain was on that television show with uh, What's-Her-Nose? Wouldn't it be weird if George Bailey was kissing somebody else's children? Very. Very, I would say. Who uh, is this shaky old man kissing me? <laughs> Uh, this one comes to us from Rob. Rob writes, Mr. Mustache is the red herring, surely. Kate's mom is the real villain. Am I right? Man, Rob, I the more the more we see of Vera Forbiga on the show, the more I'm thinking she's the real bad guy. So this is a great question. Because I think that, as you so eloquently put it, Mr. Pringles, uh, Latino Mr. Pringles, 
is <laughs> like he he it's too easy for a show like this to have him be the big supervillain. So I think I think you're right. I think Vera Formiga is probably the big bad on this show. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think maybe she's responsible for Kate's dad's death? I mean, they, it'd be, they'd have to dig pretty good. I mean, she is the head of the security. She's in an old family, so maybe it is there. But I'm I'm falling too much for the hook, line, and sinker of the red herring with him having the name of a supervillain from the comic. I, I, I'll just wait and see. I don't know the answer. But you don't hire Vera Formiga on your show if she's just like, Please mom, my daughter. All we know that some kind of demon is going to show up and she's going to have to excise it from a house before the end. So I'm going with uh, <laughs> Elaine Warren. That's her name, isn't it? Elaine Warren Bishop. Uh, Eileen, Eileen, Eileen Warren. Well, yeah, she's played a shyster before. Oh, I mean, look at those movies. She is a, that, that character. Is that where she won her Oscar? No. It, no. The Conjuring 3? Oh, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, her and uh, and I'm lost on names today. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson are really uh, the linchpin to all of that stuff. They they're both yeah. really great in in roles are. that are quite silly. Yes, and and based on people who are complete hucksters. Those are facts. You shut your mouth. And they should be in prison. <laughs> well, I think they're both dead at this point. So I think you. Got I think so too. I think so. I didn't wish them dead. Well, fair. I'm not you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> why 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 call it why why you being accurate? Shut up. Hey. I just say they picked the wrong Wilson. If it had Owen Wilson in that movie series, it's instantly better. Oh, what if Owen Wilson and or, all the other all the volleyball. All right, uh, and volleyball. All right. Question number eight. Did Kate bring Clint that grumpy cat Christmas sweater, or was it already in his wardrobe? Here's the thing. It needs well, because her credit cards have been stolen, so I can't imagine that she bought this, right? No, because they've been canceled, not stolen. Well, that's yeah. what I—that's what I meant. I meant—I meant cancel. Uh, so she doesn't have any of those. So I wouldn't—I wouldn't figure she had any money to go purchase something. But she does seem to keep coming back with things. Does she have like a small roll of twenties we don't know about? She gets a lot of pizza for somebody without a job or a credit card. Mm-hmm. Now the, the the sweater. I'll say this: that Kate Bishop is is a is a, a tall drink of water. I think that's what they call the uh, caller in Pitch Perfect. They say, look at this tall drink of water over here. She's very tall. So maybe her and Jeremy Renner do wear the same size sweater. So maybe she just brought one of her sweaters. But the pizza you got to pay for. What's tall? 5'7 with those two? <laughs> I, probably, I bet you she's 5'9 and he's 5'7. <laughs> that's what I'm guessing. Neither one. I mean, like he certainly is not a very big guy. No, he is not a tall person in any way. He's standing next to Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, and you're not like, oh, wow, he towers over that fella. For what it's worth, Haley Steinfeld towers over uh, uh, the little redhead from Pitch Perfect. I can't remember her name all of a sudden. Anna Kendrick? Yeah. Anna How Kendrick. do I know that name, but I don't know Burt Reynolds? What the, what's wrong with me? <laughs> How do I not know Anna Kendrick? I don't know. Weird. Love uh, Anna Kendrick. I, I wonder if was that an official Grumpy Cat? Did we do we do we know that, or was it just a cat I, that I looked like Disney, he was wearing the helmet? Uh, I think Disney sued Grumpy Cat's owner, and they now have all rights to Grumpy. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we will all work for Disney. All of us. They sued them because Grumpy Cat had a, a striking resemblance to Donald Duck. I th- so I, now they have the rights. I, I think I could be wrong, but I think Grump, I think the the Grumpy Cat cat is uh, is is no longer with us anymore. Yes, yes, you are right. Sorry, to bring, right way to bring it down. Sorry buddy. to bring the show down. Let's let's bring it down even further. My Question God. nine: <laughs> A life is meant to be endured, not enjoyed. It don't, please, Adam Portress. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to get through it as best you can, Adam. 
Number nine, Sean. Number nine, if you are by yourself, this question is not for Adam. I already know Adam's answer. Okay. If you are by yourself during Christmas and then your friend shows up with pizza and the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen, how long would it take you to tell them to throw the movie in the garbage? Oh, man, I don't really like the Santa Claus, but I did read an interesting theory on why that movie was brought. Have you read this uh, theory, Sean? Oh, my God, I'm so interested right now. I can't even tell you, please. Well, the Santa Claus is a movie in which Santa Claus dies and someone else becomes Santa Claus. So people think that's yeah, telling yeah, us. Of course, I've seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Hawkeye is going to die and Kate Bishop is going to become Hawkeye. It's the plot of the Santa Claus is what this movie is going to have. Oh, and more I, importantly, Tim Allen is responsible for Santa Claus's death. So Kate Bishop is going to be responsible for Clint uh, Barton's death and then pick up the mantle of Hawkeye to uh, make up for her, make amends for her sins. Just when I think I'm ready to give up the internet, we get something like this. Thank you, sir. That w- I like, listen, for what I threw away is an excuse for me to yell at uh, Sean and tell him how much the Santa Claus is actually a good movie. Actually, both of those are good movies. The third one, maybe not so much. We can, we can argue on the third one. Martin Short's a little bit much. I'm not going to lie to you. But those first two, especially the first one, that's a holiday classic. Holiday classic. Nah. Oh, I forget. I forget that you are in that generation. I totally mm-hmm. forget about that. So this is something that you probably saw when you were like 12, right? Uh, Somewhere around that line, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Because I thought that my, my immediate reaction was you saying, oh, because because as we know, you have this weird thing where like you're really good with people sometimes, but then other times you like... Let me say the most offensive thing I can possibly say and not know I'm about to say. That is, both of those things are very true. I know. That's why I'm saying. Yeah, I'm letting people know that he's not making this up. You have no problem telling someone who just totally saved your Christmas, hey, would you throw that thing in the freaking garbage because I hate it so much? (laughs) You would have no problem doing that. Maybe. Remember the time that guy did that super nice thing for us on the podcast? And you were like, you know what you should do next is, and me and Bruce are like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, that was Joe. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Oh, I don't no, even I remember Clint, this. I was I that, think, How bad was I? <laughs> I think what Clint should do is just say, I don't want to watch the Santa Claus, then stare directly at the camera and say, I have a Disney Plus subscription, so let's watch Home Sweet Home Alone. First and foremost. Which, by the way, that movie, we could t- talk off air all day about that movie if you'd like i've seen it you know what's funny is we actually talked in our zoom hangout for our patreon people patreon.com slash hmp uh we actually talked about watching that for a dinger zone episode because we i, I said we need to make you watch it but apparently you've already done the uh, homework oh for it, dude so i suppose that's me? gonna be next i week's was Dinger all zone. in on that movie i was all in you remember i was like man oh, yeah. i can't wait to see this and i was just like I've seen is, it. is there a gas leak in your house i was wondering i don't you know no, no, no. I love, I love the, the trope of Home Alone. And I especially love when it's done really badly. Like those, the, like Home Alone 3 and the, the, they tried to make a TV series and then they made it into like a TV movie. I love that version with French Stewart in it. I, I love every, oh boy. every Adam, of Home Alone. Here's what we do. A double feature of Home Sweet Home Alone and You Better Watch Out. What You Better Watch Out. Uh, Have you ever heard of You Better Watch Out, Adam? I feel like it sounds familiar, but I'm not. It was it was made on like a $3 million budget, but it's like 
uh, it starts out like a Christmas movie that you think is a ripoff of Home Alone, and then it becomes a horror movie really quickly. I don't want to oh, say nice. more than that. The less you know, the better. But yeah. Oh, that's neat. The uh, uh, it, it actually <laughs> it actually features a scene or two of the exact same booby traps from from uh, Home Alone. Only it shows a realistic portrayal of what would happen. <laughs> oh no! I may have <laughs> seen this, but I forget about it. But uh, yeah, oh, um, no, twenty sixteen. <laughs> Yeah, it's it was made in Australia for like three million. Oh, it's got the kid from uh, the horrible bad, bad, no good bad day in it. The the kid with the you know slight speech impediment who's actually a really good actor. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. I like that kid. Never seen that movie. Number ten. Uh, this one comes to us from Bo. Bo writes the in the acting by Jeremy Renner as he describes the shot he didn't take in the loss of Natasha. The best acting in his MCU career. I was honestly impressed with what he put on the screen. That's from Bo from Austin, Texas. I think that both. Yeah, I'm going to speak for both of us here, Bruce. If you're okay with that, sure thing. I think that both Bruce and myself thought very little of the character Hawkeye, especially towards the the end of of the the, the movie franchises. Um, I, I particularly hated the Ronin turn and all that stuff. But when it comes to this show, Jeremy Renner is so good as Hawkeye on this show specifically that he has immediately made me rethink of a lot of his work because he's so good on this show. I still hate him in the mission impossible movies. I think that he was terribly cast in the, the, all the born uh, in that one born movie where they were like, can't get mad Damon. Let's get this fella. Yeah. Like, I, I think that that was a massive mistake. He's not that guy, but he is definitely the guy who I'm a little beat up. I'm tired of doing this. I'm going to keep doing it because it's my job, but I don't, I, you know, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. I just want to be home with my family. That guy is who is who Jeremy Renner is. And, and he is terrific in this show. And I never would have thought that before this show started. You express my sentiments perfectly there, Sean. Oh, very good. Uh, I, I, yeah, I like. I think he's doing a really great job in this. I would say probably maybe Hurt Locker is probably still like the biggest. Uh, his, yes, his, his probably agreed. best stuff. He's uh, great. But yeah, he, he's doing he's doing a lot here, and the best part is too is that it, it's not overly showy in any way. Mm-hmm. Like he he's letting his face do the work here, and he's not he's not going over the top or anything. It's just called. Read what's on my face. This is what this is what the acting is right now, and he's doing a great job of it. You know what he's kind of doing right now? He's doing that thing that back when Bruce Willis used to be an actor, that Bruce Willis could do, <laughs> where he just I love that. Where, where he, you know, like he is a normal guy who's tired, and like like he's got his job that he has to do, but that he wants to go home. You know, like like Die Hard Three, Bruce Willis, like that that version of him. Like that's kind of where where Jeremy Renner is with Hawkeye right now. Can I tell you something? I just uh, uh, for here movie podcast. I just uh, just got a TikTok account, and I saw, apparently Bruce Willis has a TikTok account. And on this, I only saw one video. He was uh, he was lip syncing to himself, talking about how Die Hard is not a Christmas movie; it's a Bruce Willis movie. But he's like he's saying it. He's 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 lip syncing to himself. At like some speech. Are you or sure something. that's really Bruce Willis? It had a blue check mark by it. Oh, now, okay. Now I I do call a little bit into question because he was standing up in the video. 
Exactly. Which is a little bit, a little bit questionable. But if it's there, it looks, if it's not my God, but I'm sure there's a whole, there's a whole wave of people on TikTok who look amazingly like a celebrity. And as long as they don't speak, you don't know it's them. Yeah, but this one, I don't know. It's pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, you know, doppelganger. He could start signing some uh, pictures at the airport. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I thought I found a dead ringer for Gary Coleman, but it was just Kevin Hart. Let's go on to the next question. <laughs> 11, Bruce. Uh, if someone with a bow and arrow strapped to their back offered to help you with your groceries, would you accept their help? And this comes from St. Kitts. Well, St. Kitts, I wouldn't accept help from anyone ever when it comes to groceries. I have a very hard time with even my own family helping me with bringing groceries <laughs> because I have this thing where I'm like, okay, I know I can get all this. In one oh, run. I was about to say, so you went the classic man, which is what I think yeah. we all do. All men do this where it's like, I'm going to try to get every flipping thing in here in just one trip. That's it. One and, trip. And and then I will, I will crown myself grocery champion. Mm -hmm. Your, your, your biceps are just kind of trembling because you've got like, mm -hmm. you know, a gallon of milk and 18 other things there. And you're just going, come on. Just hold you know, together, try to get the keys up to the door in some pain because you can't get your arm high enough. With a, with a family of five, my wife goes grocery shopping no less than eight times a week. And at this point, I don't care. Like, like you could say, look, if you let me help you with your groceries, I'm just going to run off with them and keep them for myself. I'd still take that. It's like better than me carrying them inside yet again. Bruce's <laughs> wife has got the same old story as everybody. Out of the coal mine and into the shopping center. It happens. <laughs> yeah, to Aldi. She goes two places, deep <laughs> in the coal mine and Aldi. <laughs> Number 12, Sean. Watching Hawkeye tape frozen pina colada mix to his shoulder made me think of Ben Affleck's Daredevil, which also takes place in New York. And that makes me ask this big question. Just how deep is the Marvel multiverse about to get? Let me tell you something. Not deep enough to bring back Ben Affleck as Daredevil. There would, like, I would be so, if, if Daredevil showed up in Spider-Man No Way Home, I'd lose my mind. Like Affleck's Daredevil shows up, I go ape. That's just nuts. It's yeah, like but, I love but, it so much. It's a it's the dumbest idea ever, but that's why I'm down with it. But Feige's already said, you know, if if Daredevil ever does show up, it's Charlie Cox, which tells me one of two things: either he's already filmed his scenes, or there will never be Daredevil. Like there's no in between. Yeah, but at the same time, too, you don't did, say something like that before you sign the contract. <laughs> yes, but did he did he say no way in heck, uh, Ben Affleck's ever going to be Daredevil again? I think not, Monfrey. That is going to happen. <laughs> the problem is you got to get Charlie Cox first. And can I say this? I, I I like the Daredevil movie enough. I don't I don't I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think the director's cut is a little bit better than the uh, theatrical cut. We did a review on way that. Way more on Coolio in that. Way more Coolio, and for the bet, honestly. Coolio's not one of the bad parts of that movie. It's a lot of other things. <laughs> I'll say Electra, appropriately rated. Oh yeah, not so not so not so great over there. Uh, let's go to thirteen. 13. Boys, what are your Christmas traditions? This is more of a just a, a me and for everybody else kind of thing. Do you have any uh, specific things that you do? Uh, like, okay, for example, growing up in my neighborhood, we always did, and it's it's gotten lesser and lesser over the years, which is really, really sad. Uh, but they would have what they call uh, luminaries. So that you'd get like a little uh, paper bag, some sand, put a candle in that. And on Christmas, oh, that's awesome. And on Christmas Eve, 
all of the uh, all of the neighborhood had these little candles put about you know a foot apart from each other, both sides of the road. You could actually drive through the neighborhood, turn your lights off, and drive by the you know kind of concourse of of lights going through the neighborhood and looking at all the Christmas lights and stuff that were up on people's houses and stuff. That was always super fun to do. It's less and less over the years and stuff because you know the world changed, people change, people move, and all that kind of stuff, and not everybody participates in this stuff. But that that's one that I always remember uh, really enjoying. Well, my traditions all change, you know, once you have a family compared to what it was like when I was growing up. But every year, if at all possible, I mean, sometimes I don't have control over it, but I almost never work on Christmas Eve. So my last day of work is usually the 23rd. And every year on the 23rd, as soon as I finish up at work and go out to my car, start it up, get about halfway home and realize I haven't bought my wife a gift. Uh So every year, December 23rd, before I get home, I'm panicking to buy the the perfect gift, which usually involves spending three times as much money on imperfect gifts because I'm a schlep. Well, you know. Sean? Uh, we've got two. Um, one is uh, no matter how old my daughters are, I always buy them Legos every year for Christmas. Um, this year is the first year where I didn't just go like, Oh, hey, they like, uh, they like, I wonder if they still like Harry Potter. <laughs> like, it's not like that. <laughs> so instead, what I did this year is I, I got customized uh, Lego minifigs that are, oh. that, that look like them. And oh, I thought, you know, you long time had a dream of your own action figure. So I think it'd be great <laughs> if you got your daughter's customized minifigs of you in about four different outfits. No, <laughs> man. <laughs> no. All Adidas wear. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would, they would be wearing Adidas. Um, and it's like, you know, it's, it look, they both look like them. They're um, wearing, uh, they're, they're wearing shirts that have a picture of them on it, on the, on their, on their Lego little shirt. And they're standing on a Lego brick that says their name at the bottom of it. Right. And this is something that they are going to, have for the rest of their lives or at the very least lose it and get very mad at themselves for losing it. There. <laughs> uh, so that's one, that's one tradition. The other tradition is uh, a more extended family thing. Extended family gets together for Christmas, opens up present. Every time a present gets open and is revealed, every single person in the room goes, Whoa! <laughs> it is one of my favorite traditions of the world. Oh, and sausage and cheese balls. We have that's that's one. It's kind of like a little, I don't know, sausage cheese ball. It's in the name. What do you want? Uh, eighteen, Bruce. Fourteen or Bruce. fourteen. I don't know why I said eighteen. That's weird. Wow, we're only on fourteen. We, <laughs> yeah, wow. that's why I was like, we, we might move this along. Have you yeah. guys ever snapped coins at people? Yes, I'm not good at it. I There's can't. There's a guy at work who is awesome at it. Awesome, awesome at it. Never been able to do that or the bottle cap thing or none of mm-hmm. that stuff. Hawkeye's it does not work was, for me. Was was perfect though I mean, he totally he, could do it because you yeah. can tell just by the way that his hand is and everything that he was doing it jeremy yeah, renner was, was making it happen when i was in high school it was kind of like playing chicken you know you'd snap coins at each other and if you jumped out of the way you lost you know that kind of thing <laughs> uh yeah i was i always kind of like envied the people that could you know do that stuff or flick them across really fast i could never do it but i will say this i have really enjoyed this show giving us like the Hawkeye, I feel like we never really saw, right? True. Because everybody thinks like if you if you're not even a comics person, you think Hawkeye, bow and arrow, that's it. He's really good at shooting the bow and arrow. Well, 
it's not just that. Clint is like an excellent marksman for everything. Like that guy can just like, oh, I need to throw this, you know, pencil across the room and stick it in somebody's eye. He can do that. Like that's that's his kind of skill. So I, I like seeing the uh, expansion of what we've seen as far as his skill set goes in this show and giving us a, a Hawkeye who's just a, is just dead on accurate with everything. It's great. Number 15. 15. Is the Rolex's owner Clint's wife, Laura? She could have been a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent back in the day. Even better, maybe Echo will go after her and she'll get some action sequence. Uh, let's be honest, everyone adores Linda Cardellini. That is Rob. Rob, you are 100% correct. Can I go? I can, love oh, sorry. Cardellini. But yeah, please. Freaks and Geeks, best part. I found uh, Seth Rogen's performance a little boring, but I love little Linda boring. Cardellini and Freaks little, and Geeks. A little boring. All right, so... Here's what I think. I think Clint's wife, Laura, she was not just a shill agent, shield agent, but she was codename Mockingbird. Wow. Hmm. Because wow, in I did, comics, Mockingbird yes. is married to uh, that Clint Barton. Film. That's right. I did not think about that. I bet you're right. But yeah, I mean, we, I feel like next episode's got to be when we, when we figure that out because, you know, we, we've at least got it at this point, right? I know she picks it up. She does. Exit with it, yeah. I'd love it if next episode was a clip episode where they were just thinking back of all the things they've done together. In the, the clip first show, episodes. that'd be great. <laughs> a bottle episode in a series only has like six episodes. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of getting that uh, Rolex watch there, number 16, uh, she knows those flashing lights are alarms, right? I mean, right? Because I, I, I don't know. She shoots them. She knows enough to shoot them, but like, it's still like surprised that like a silent alarm is going off. Yeah, the character doesn't know that there's that that's a silent alarm, which I think is a little ridiculous. But, but she's know. been to a university, which like because of uh, uh, the ADA, American Disabilities Act, like all the fire alarms have to have that strobe yes. light component, and it's it flashes in the exact same rhythm as those lights. So she's seen a, a fire alarm with that, so she knows it's an alarm. Even if you think it's a fire alarm and not a burglar alarm, you know it's going to draw attention. Yeah, and like I get it, you cover like I I like the arrow shooting and covering it and everything, but it's like at least at that point she could be like, oh, I've been you know I don't know maybe she wants to keep it secret like the alarms off, but like I don't buy that either because she seems like she's surprised about it. A little annoying, that's all. Number what eighteen seventeen seventeen? I I swear I can't <laughs> I'm broken today. This question comes to us from Rob. He says, I get it. Isn't Echo tough? But seriously, an arrow with that range embedding into her shoulder will knock her on her butt. Do films and TV always get archery wrong? I'm proud to say I don't know nearly as much about archery as I do about sword fighting, so I'm going to have to defer to our <laughs> archery expert. Sweet Jonesy. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm, fi I'm finally, you guys see me for the expert that I am at archery. Finally. Uh, you know, I did I did take archery in gym class for a week, so I think I know a little something about a little something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything. I would say that, yes, just with the concussive force of that arrow, it would knock her down. Yeah, like she's a real she's a real boss if she can take it that close. And here's the thing. Bows these days are beyond crazy. The actual like strength that it takes to pull that sucker back, especially if you've got one of these compound bows. I my my brother does a little a little bow hunting or at least he did at one point, so he's got some. And you try to pull those bad boys back and uh, you want to talk about a chest exercise. That's going to get you real good. 
Uh, but you you catch a you catch that to the shoulder. If not that close, I feel like it's probably going through her at that point because there's sure. enough velocity behind that thing that you know your little your little uh, you know chest muscle is not going to stop that completely unless he kind of pulled it at the last second. But I don't see that being a thing. When I was in like the third grade, my cousin brought a bow and arrow over to my place and he shot an arrow through the window of the trailer of the old lady that lived next to me. He handed me the bow and took off running and oh I got in big trouble. Gosh. So I don't like archery now. <laughs> one, of, one of the kids that I work with, college guy, uh, he teaches elementary school now. So that should give you a, a fun idea of the, <laughs> the people that are teaching your kids. Uh, but he showed me this video of him and his college roommates shooting a crossbow at like anything in their house just shooting into you know drywall and doors and stuff it's like my god you don't want to stand in front of one this is what i'm saying don't don't get shot by an arrow that ain't no fun 18 sean you guys got what you wanted the blonde lady from marvel's worst movie made an appearance are you so so very happy i thought that uh, her hair was uh, brown in that second thor movie then that's, oh, that's Natalie I, Portman. Oh, I, I thought we were oh. talking about Liv Tyler from uh, that Hulk movie. Ooh, oh, that's, uh, no, I think that's, come on. That's not as bad. I, 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 as Black Widow, I agree. Not as bad Black as Black Widow. is the worst. <laughs> Black Widow is the worst. We all agree that uh, we that Florence Pugh is Pugh. the best part of that movie, though. Yeah, no. she, uh, yeah. So oh, look, seriously, are you not a, you're not a, a, Pew, a Pudiac? You're not a big fan? No, well, I look. I like. I like her. I think she's good. I don't think she's the best part of that movie. I think the best part of that movie is dude. What from Stranger Things is the best part of that? Oh, movie. really? Okay, he is pretty good. I just not as big of a part. But that's why hey, he's take, my I'll least. Take, uh, Hellboy praise. I'll take that anywhere I can get it. He's my least favorite of that movie. I think he's the he's the thing that I think is like all right, all right, we get it. You got a Russian accent, la di da. I finally understand the end of that movie though the cold war happens and then I don't remember the movie very well. It's the names of the people who made the movie. Uh, 19. Uh, luckily that's I pretty good. That's pretty good. Bruce. It took me a second. <laughs> I stole that from Tracy Jordan. That's very good. <laughs> uh, 19. Uh, luckily I don't follow the rumor mill that closely. So Florence uh, Pugh reprising her role as Yelena was a total surprise for me. Did you see it coming? If Bruce didn't know, I bet it was the TV moment of the year for him. Matt from Bristol, AKA he Hulk. I was totally caught off guard and I loved it. I was thinking, you know what? This is going to be Sharon Carter. Like, that's what I was thinking. Like, wait for the reveal. It'll be Sharon Carter. And then when it was Florence Pugh, I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm so happy. I I was not expecting it, and I loved it. This is what's weird, because, Sean, if if I remember correctly as well, I thought that he did say that also, that that was kind of his, like, oh, this is going to happen. And I, I, did, I didn't remember him saying that, but I, I feel like it's probably the case. But... I, I didn't know when I when I saw her fighting around there and everything with the mask. I'm just I, I, I think Sharon Carter was the only thing that came to my mind as well, because it's the closest that we've sort of seen. I would have figured she would show up at some point in this Marvel thing post Black Widow. I didn't think it would be this close, though. I wasn't sure. I, I quite honestly, I knew that they're hiding this person, whoever this is. I didn't know that. But I definitely didn't think that it would be a uh, lady from from Marvel's worst movie. I thought it would be like uh, like somebody. Oh, you know, actually, I can tell you exactly who I thought it was because now I remember. It's the it's Maria Hill. I thought it was going to be Maria Hill. Oh, okay. But you mm -hmm. but you got the girl from uh, Midsummer. 
There was a brief moment, too, when I thought it might have been Electra from Netflix's Daredevil because Kevin Feige had been talking Charlie Cox. Everybody's talking about Kingpin in this show. And I thought, man, if that turns out, you know, that would like let us know, okay, this is the crossover with Daredevil. But it, it wasn't her. That outfit, though, does make me go like, why hasn't there been a Splinter Cell movie yet? Should be a Splinter Cell movie because that's the that's kind of the outfit. Uh, boop, boo, 20. 20. Do you think Clint should have given that guy his gun back? No. Why? Why would you give a gun back to a man who would surely turn around to the poor guy? You're asking him to do you a favor. I mean, you take the bullets out, but you give him his gun back. You don't know because guns are expensive. Have you seen Saving Private Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah, that's the guy who's going to kill you with the gun you gave him back. No, you don't give him the gun back. Like I said, you keep the bullets, but the gun might have had sentimental value. Maybe it's, get, he, maybe he committed his first murder with that gun, you know? You only get one time to commit your first murder. <laughs> My master gave me that gun, and I shot that old lady with it. Man, that had a lot of sentimental value to me. <laughs> oh, what a jerk. <laughs> the first person I shot with this gun was the guy working behind the counter at the gun store. Bruce wants him to take apart the gun just to see how, ta- you know, he, how, what his tactical skills are like. Can you put it together real quick? So he's like, you know, taking off the slide, popping out each bullet and everything, just going like, all right, put it together as fast as you can. If you can put it together and shoot me uh, before I'm out of this, uh, you know, parking lot, then you can. <laughs> then I will be dead. I'll be 21. dead. You'll be the winner. This show, this show, Hawkeye and Galaxy Quest are the only two pieces of pop culture that I can think of that don't treat nerds like useless, horrible people. Can you think of any more? I always thought Star Trek was kind of that way, at least like once we got to like new gener- uh, next generation. But but Star Trek doesn't have like what I'm talking about is the culture of something that is considered uh, a very nerdy. Yeah, because like the LARPers here, I Galaxy gotcha. Quest, I gotcha. it's. I, what it's are they? The fans of, yeah. It's the fans of the show. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the beautiful thing about galaxy quest is that the fans save, save the, the, the people in the, like they, they they're a, a pivotal part to the, to the movie. Like, Oh, I have to show you how to do this thing so that you can do this thing. They help with that. They help with the plot to bring it along. And, and that's, what's happening here too. You know, like at first you get the weird glances from Hawkeye because like, what are these nerds doing? But they are helpful. And he does understand that, oh, these people are actually helping. And also at the same time, you realize that these are just genuinely nice people who are just having a fun time. They're doing the thing that they like. It may seem a little nerdy and weird and stuff like that, but like they're not hurting anybody. They're having a good time together. They enjoy it. Why harsh their buzz? Right. I I say we start something new here. This is like the listener question of the week, because I feel certain that there's more than those two pieces of pop culture, but I can't think of them. So, folks, let us know. Like, what are your recommendations to answer questions? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Marvel30Q at gmail.com. We'll do it up at the maybe the top of the show or something. Yeah, I like it. Uh, 22. In this episode, we see Clint's wife, Laura, uh, providing intel. She's always seemed especially calm about his life as a hero, so I was not surprised that the implications of her past, i.e. she was probably a spy, were any of you. That's from Kev, a.k.a. no mention of Kev, a.k.a. Will Billy. I think she was not only a spy, but she was a spy with the code name 
Mockingbird. I love this idea, Bruce. I really do. Because it makes so much more sense that she's just like, well, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look back at like the uh, Avengers time there and everything in the movie when they hit to the farm, she is beyond at, beyond cooler than I think any white wife would have any right to be at that point with all of the goings on. And, and I don't know if it's if, if I'm reading too much into it, but like when she's on the phone with him, and telling him, like he's saying, I've got to be a little bit later. And she's saying, you got to do what you got to do. It's almost like she was playing with her hair a little bit, like like she's a little turned on by the yeah, fact that he's out it. there doing this. <laughs> and I, I kind of picked up on that. She speaks Russian back to him and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. you know, she's she's got a little inside baseball there somehow. Yep. Oh, that was Hungarian. That wasn't Russian. Whatever. I don't have any idea, man. I just said that. I listen. I mean, your mouth to my <laughs> stupid ears. I'll just go, all right, sounds good to me. Some Budapest. Where's Budapest? I don't know. Hungary. Bud- that Pesh. much I know. Yeah. All right, 23. If you could eat a family dinner with any Avenger, who would you choose from Larry T? Uh, I'm, go- I'm going Ant-Man here because uh, like, he just seems like the funnest guy, and he's got a couple of magic tricks up his sleeve and stuff. He's got stories galore and can tell you what it's like to be not only really small, but really big as well. I think that guy's got some interesting stories and would be very lighthearted about it all. I'll let you go next, Sean, because I've got the right answer. Uh, no, I do. It's Steve Rogers, because Steve Rogers is somebody who, when you eat dinner with him, he he lives up to the myth of who he is. I mean, I, I Iron Man even said that in the first Avengers movie. Yeah, he's not going to be someone who's going to be super funny. But what he is going to do is he's going to spark the good in you because he is such a good person. So it's Steve Rogers. The answer is Thor, because you might see a fight break out involving a dwarf. I mean, Odin's going to be there. Who knows what heck kind of crap. Loki's going to be playing some tricks on people. No, it's definitely Thor. Dinner in Valhalla? Come on, you could I mean, and, and at the same how, time, too. How disappointed would you be if he's, if he's just like, you know, like, what if it's like, bummer I'm, Thor? I think I'm going to Asgard for dinner, and I'm just there in that little cabin where he's playing video games. That's what I mean. Yes. Actually, I kind of like that, too. Because <laughs> I'd be like, guys, I was so excited to eat dinner with the God of Thunder, and, well, it was Hot Pockets. It was Hot Pockets in Fortnite. And uh, <laughs> Noob Master 69 has been confirmed by Kevin Feige. That's been Wong. It's Wong so, all along. I love it. Matt, you remember how hard I used to just roast Wong? And now he's like this really cool character. Kids he really love the is Wong great. character, man. What can I say? Uh, 24. Bruce, you were right about the scene at the end of the last episode and how it played out. Do you feel like Tony Romo during the playoffs that one time? Do you know who Tony Romo is? Here's a hint. He doesn't have a chain of steak restaurants. Come on, man. I know Tony Romo. I've heard of James Gandolfini, the crime king of New Jersey and Newark. I don't think he knows who Tony Romo is. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I mean, listen. It's okay. Even Tony Romo, you know. Did he, did he wear, like, uh, taxi driver hats, and he was a brief, like, briefly an overpaid quarterback for the Cowboys. He was indeed. And now he's the, now he's the, 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 the booth guy on CBS. And, uh, and he is, he is very good at his job. Although Adam has some really piss poor takes about it. What I, about, not uh, a fan. <laughs> I hate to change the subject abruptly because we need to end this, but are you yep. guys going to see that movie where, where Ben Affleck pretends he's Kurt Warner? Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna but it's it. not Ben Affleck. Oh, who is it? I can't remember. Randall Affleck. Oh, 
<laughs> Man, it'd be way cooler if it was Ben Affleck. He does well, I mean, kind of favors it would, but he's like so old at this point that I'm like, I don't know. The, I mean, maybe the guy like, looks pretty old in the movie. That's why I thought it was crazy. I don't anyway, know. Twenty five, Adam. Twenty five. Edit that part out. Nobody wants to hear it. No, not not a chance. <laughs> uh, Twenty five. What's the best shot that you've ever taken or not taken? That's from Dave. I the only the only one that I can think of that just kind of happened recently that at least is as far as is fresh in my mind. Um, there there was a, a it was essentially just asking out one of the hottest chicks I've ever asked out before. I knew the likelihood of these things actually happening was slim to nil. Uh, we're still friendly and everything, which is nice because I didn't make it weird because I'm not a you know a weird person. I was just like, hey, uh, I've kind of asked you out, and she's like, man, eh, not really. I'm kind of seeing somebody, so it's like it's fine. But you know, I would have been absolutely furious at myself had i not taken that shot so i was like you know what at least i at least i can go out knowing that i took that swing as opposed to just going like well nah take the swing or in the shot in this case sean adam you guys may uh already know this but i have excellent judgment yeah so i'm most proud of the shots i've not taken because i promise you that i've thought about doing a whole lot of stupid stuff that i caught myself before i did it i don't even want to like start running down the list <laughs> but i've got one of those minds where i'm like i'm like pure idiocy but it, thank goodness i've got an extra strong filter but i'm like the kind of person who'll sit and say like like particularly when i was a little bit younger i would sit and say something like you know what I bet I could pick up this manhole cover, throw it through that police car window, and get away with it. But then I don't do that. So You were the you know, Uncle the Rico of Hazard County. <laughs> yeah, so I knew not to do it. Like, I just I thought, man, I, I, I really want to, but I'm not going to. Sean? Uh, you know, probably the best, the best shot I ever took was professionally. Um and uh it paid off i mean you know i can't tell you how many times i see somebody down on their luck and i'm like man a couple of different moves it's me yeah no uh, there's a hundred percent i mean even even with my work you know I, I was just like no one else is doing any of this stuff i i gotta stand up to like you know the kind of corporate overlords and be like hey this is what i want to do there's no reason that they should say yes to me. They said yes once, then they said no. Now I'm trying to get them to say yes again. And it's, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta swing for the fences and see what happens. You know, yeah. Sean. Sean, mm-hmm. this one's for Adam. Adam, best shot I ever took my COVID booster. Question number twenty six. <laughs> Will Val recruit Maya? I hope not. It'd be a whole lot cooler if she tried to and Maya said no. Well, I didn't say cooler. she would succeed, but she'll like try to as recruiting. You That's know, true. like college recruiters go out to get play, to recruit players they don't get. It's true. I, I would imagine that the answer is she's going to try. Yes, I yeah, feel like I could see that she I've, feels like a dark Avenger. Yes. Yeah, we we definitely having Val show up here again would be you know just another consistency for the show and stuff, and really. Because there's, there may be some, I don't know, maybe some a couple of weirdos out there that don't know that all this stuff is connected, and maybe that's the thing that will help them start to connect things and go like, oh, all these shows are in the same thing. They are. And uh, I don't know. I, I like it. But any anytime you can get, uh, you know, get get a, get a Val appearance, appearance I'm going to be for it in, uh, in any of these series coming up because I'm a fan. Oh, yeah, me too. She's the best. 27, Sean. 27. What if Hawkeye and Kate run into a random person's New York apartment and it's Jerry's apartment from Seinfeld? Would that take you out of the show? Only if Val was in there. Yeah, and she's in there as Val, but it is in Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. 
the character Jerry Seinfeld just not. You know, but I listen. One and of my favorite shows says, of all time. Ah, this place seems familiar for some reason. Boom, 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 and then move on to the next scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, uh, I hear Wayne Knight's available. So if you need another cameo in there. <laughs> oh, man. They've got to cast him. Uh, bring back his role of microchip. Wasn't he microchip in some movie? I think. make that up. Uh, I don't know. That sounds plausible. But that's what he should be, anyway. Bring him <laughs> in his microchip. That man should be making a billion dollars just having the meme of uh, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Number twenty-eight. Hawkeye has been uh, perennially uncool since he entered the MCU. Is he actually cool in the series? Justin Strong from Olive Beach, Mississippi. Yes, I say he is cool. Yeah, he is so cool. He's one of my favorite kind of characters. Which, you know, I used to be a massive Bruce Willis fan. I was a huge Bruce Willis fan. But now uh, it's hard to it's hard to like a guy who doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. Yeah. And, you know, the character of Hawkeye is a put upon person who still needs to get the job done anyway in this. And he's tired and he just wants to go home. You know what he is? He's the Ghostbusters. That's what that's that's what makes the first Ghostbusters movie work so great is that they're tired all the time because they're just totally overworked. And that's yeah. what that's what makes this Hawkeye character great for the same reason. I used to think that the best character rehabilitation in the MCU was when they made Thor funny because suddenly mm-hmm. he wasn't the lamest Avenger and he's like one of the more popular Avengers now. Mm-hmm. But I think this might even surpass that because Hawkeye even even when Thor was not considered great, he was still above Hawkeye. You know what I mean? But this this might be the best rehabilitation in the MCU. What's happened with Hawkeye's character in this series, man. I can't, I, I, I can't go with you there. I, I love that third movie. So very, very much. It's one of my favorite movies. I, I guess it's like on the most improved scale. I think Hawkeye started so much lower. Like that third movie yeah. is, you know, but I'm liking this show a lot. Me too, man. I and, love, and, I love and, the show. And I can't say until it's over where it's going to stand. So I don't want to say that I definitely love sure. that third movie, but that third movie, even though it's, uh, uh, I mean, I love Taika Waititi. I don't know why I'm saying even though, but, it, but we, we established that James Gunn might be my guy. And I think that James Gunn had some influence on that movie like stylistically maybe a bit. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's a couple of, you know, inter uh, departmental MCU stuff where they're like, let's start shaking a little bit of hands here and making sure we got some uh, consistency and continuity amongst all this stuff, because eventually it's all, you know, all going to be a big old giant ball of uh, multiverse stuff. Mm-hmm. So be prepared. 29. 29. The LARPers are going to help take down the tracksuit mafia, aren't they? I feel like they have to, like, like yeah. with what we've seen at this point, you, like if it was, if it was just a one-time thing that we saw in the beginning, that would have been it. But we got, we came back to them for a second run. We had a police lady do a mission, which by the way, police lady, you're, you just stealing just crap out of the, I mean, evidence locker. Sure, she is now. Sure. It's good for all of our situation here, but still questionable of you <laughs> as your, as, as your, at your job that you're just like, Oh, these randos asked me to go steal some stuff. Well, I figure that'll be good enough. Well, you know, what I pictured at first was they were going to have their appearance and then we're going to have the call back during the denouement. At exactly. The end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they bring them back here, this is telling me, well, when they show up to defeat the, the tracksuit mafia, they don't want it to be too deus ex machina. So they're reminding us that they exist so they don't just show up out of the blue when they really do what they're going to do. LARPers yep. ex machina. Mm-hmm. Totally good point. 
Rounding it all up with question number 30. There's only two episodes left. Are they going to wrap up every plot line successfully? I say they will intentionally leave some threads. Well, yes, yes, yes. It is Marvel. I mean, and also we know Echo's getting her own show, though. I don't Mm -hmm. know where it's going to be set. Um, But I, I, I think they're going to wrap up the, the meat, the meat of the story satisfactorily. But I mean, this is to launch two new characters. So you don't want to say, okay, their stories, their their character arcs are complete. We can now retire Kate Bishop and Maya Lopez. <laughs> Finish. No, um, for for me, I, I, I certainly hope that they'll do enough of them. I the, the question kind of still remains, and I think it's tough. I think you can't kill Hawkeye. Like, if Hawkeye didn't have a family, like, I think you could kill him. But like the fact that he's got a wife and three kids that we have seen on a fairly regular basis, compared certainly comparatively to any of the other Avengers, are those are those kids the same kids from the movie? I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, I I think that like the kids from the I only remember the daughter. You know, I don't even remember the other kids. The daughter that was showing her how to have proper form when she fired the arrow, and a lot of people thought that was going to be the MCU's version mm-hmm. of Kate Bishop. Didn't look the same to me, you know, the one from the movie that's in the show. Because I think, you know, unfortunately, those darn kids, they can't feed them the cigarettes like Adam likes to say. Yep, the way coffee and to. cigarettes, man. Make them kids short. Mickey Rooney's proof of it. In Silent Night, Deadly Night 5 as well. <laughs> the I just kid found who's out this currently week. playing uh, Clint's daughter <laughs> is the second Ant-Man's daughter. I don't know. They keep recasting those daughters. Yeah, she got recast as well. And I feel sorry for that poor actor. She yeah, Tough road. Uh I, the biggest thing is to me is like where they're going to go from this. I, I like the fact that, you know, Echo is doing something and I feel like there's a decent enough chance with all of the things that have been said uh, that Daredevil and her will end up crossing paths because that's she was born out of a Daredevil comic. So I can only see that as being and of course, you know, vision versus hearing and stuff like that. So it's a it's a it's a whole thing, man. Yeah. So I, I hope that, you know, we end up kind of going down that way. But I guess the biggest question is, is like even after this, one way or the other, whether he's dead or alive, um, does Jeremy uh, Renner become, you know, guy behind the desk? Is Hawkeye just re- related to office work now or is he still going to go I, out? I don't, want know if he becomes, I don't know if he becomes guy behind the desk, but he becomes like grandfather you go to for advice when you think you can't win. You guys ready to have your minds blown? All right. I'm ready. Same kids. Wow, there you go. Yep. That's great. I love that. And But how do they explain? Mm, I don't know. The kids, we, we did have the blip in there. How do them, yeah. them kids be aging like that? Well, look, mm. you, didn't, you didn't notice. No, I did not. I'm an idiot, though. But that's, you know, I think people know that at this point. Same uh, kids. Cool. Well, uh, but they recast a new Linda Cardellini. <laughs> we fired her, though. She was no good. Uh, that is it, everybody. Another 30 questions down and another two episodes of this bad boy left. Uh, and we'd like to have your questions on the show, just like all of the questions that you heard this week. So if you have any questions, uh, email them in as soon as you can. Obviously, the show comes out on a Wednesday, so you got plenty of time to do that. So uh, write those up real good. Send us over at marvel30q at gmail.com. That's marvel30q at gmail.com. And I will put the correct link in the uh, show notes this week. So uh, congratulations of you you that got through the, the real test, <laughs> which was figuring all this kind of good stuff out. you have passed you are now the last starfighter indeed uh now you're gonna go up in the ship uh but in the meantime bruce where can we find more of your work on the internet 
I'd love for people to check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie. Lots of anime uh, reactions and reviews and a few fun little odds and ends thrown in there. Go please check it out. Sean, what else? Uh, why don't you come back to the mothership, which is our, our podcast that we have been doing for eight years. Is that right? Yeah. We're Sounds coming right to me. May will be eight years. Uh, Eight years. Uh, it is called Hero Movie Podcasts. And each week we review a movie that is tangentially related to the superhero universe. And this week we reviewed the first two episodes of the live action Cowboy Bebop. Adam used a very terrible song for the opener. Don't let that make you shut it off. But what I've got for the end, you're going to dig. So, you know, keep on that. So he don't even know what that song is. It's going to be an even better one. Uh, and that's uh, and of course, uh, so check out that all of our other thirty questions show after after this one wraps up. Uh, they're going to be doing uh, another Mandalorian thirty questions where we'll be talking about the book of Boba Fett. And so, if you're subscribed over to our uh, Mandalorian thirty questions podcast, guess what? You're already there, baby. So uh, keep subscribed for all of that good stuff. That is it, everybody. Join us next week when we're asking another thirty questions for Sweet Sean's and Kovacs from the Internet. Bruce Leslie, I'm Adam Porches. And remember, my go-to weapon is two sticks and a string. So 